Hi, I'm Chris Nessie from the House of EdTech podcast, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to right now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Welcome to Kindergarten Chaos, the developmentally appropriate podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Kindergarten Kiosk. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Kathy. And today we're going to talk about making a schedule. I think making a schedule is probably the first thing that you need to do to get organized. And all summer, I kind of work on what I want my schedule to look like for the next year. So I think it's things that teachers have in the back of their minds is how am I going to make things work during my classroom time? Well, I think it's really hard to feel like you're really ready to go until you know what order things are going to happen in your day and where things are going to fit in your day. I know I feel really like I can't move (laughs) until I have all that laid out for me, which is difficult because sometimes a lot of things that go on your schedule aren't determined by you. Exactly. Well, like when your prep time might be or when your team is doing teamy things or when your class is library, you don't get to decide those things. So sometimes it's hard to make the schedule because you don't know when those will happen. Well, that's true. I've always been lucky and I've had a principal that emails the teachers the schedule as soon as they have it. That is very lucky. Yeah, it is lucky. I've been at schools where they gave it to me the for the next year, the very last day of the yeah. other year. And that was so nice. And then I've been at schools where they don't tell me until like the day before the kids come. I'm like, why are you doing yeah. this to me? Why are you doing this to me? <laughs> yeah, so I think let's talk about both ways. Let's talk about the perfect way where you choose your own schedule and have to just insert a few things that are mandated. And then we'll talk about um, when the schedule's handed to you at the end of the year or during the summer. And then let's talk about that. Oh, welcome. It's August. You're back to school. Oh, by the way, here's your schedule. Here's here's what you're doing. Good luck. (laughs) Okay. So should we start with the... Let's start with the ideal world. Okay. Yeah, I think that when I make my schedule in the ideal world... The very first thing that I do is schedule the most important thing to me. And the most important thing to me is learning centers. And so I want to have an hour and 15 minute block so that I can have uh, six 13 minute rotations or five uh, 15 minute rotations. So I want that hour and a half block that I can find for learning centers. So that's kind of where I begin. Well, and I think in the same vein, if there's something that you are required to do by your district or by your school, you could also start there because it may not be the most important thing to you, but (laughs) it's the most important thing to know where it's going to be because you have that requirement, don't you think? Like start with what's most important to you or start with what's most important to you someone else (laughs) so for example your district school requires you to do the lexia program for 15 minutes every day 
So because you are required to do that by your district, then you need to figure out where am I going to do the lecture Then I have program. to put that in first because it's not mm-hmm. my priority, but it's a school priority. So I yeah. have to take care of it. So my district was the Waterford Early Learning Program for 15 minutes a day, which is the same type. It's from the same uh, literacy grant that, that we have those. And so um, in my last school, I was able to take my whole class and schedule the lab for 20 minutes. So I would schedule that lab time. But in my other school, there wasn't a lab and I had to make sure that I could make it part of my rotations. That's how I fit my Lexia in too, because I knew that I wanted the kids to have a small group time with me. And so I just incorporated the two together so that some kids were working in small groups on Lexia and some kids were in small groups with me and some kids were in small groups with parents. And then I was able to put two things that I had to have on the schedule at the same time. Bam, done. (laughs) That's what we want. Another thing that most district requires is a 90-minute reading block. And so you need to kind of be pretty um, creative with that because most kindergartners can't do a 90-minute reading block. Mm -hmm. So I like to make my reading block that hour and 15 minutes of centers that I talked about and the remainder of the time whole group instruction uh, of the Wonders Program is what I do for the remainder of that 90 minutes. Also, the Waterford Early Learning Program can count in that. And so you need to be flexible with that, especially when you're half-time kindergarten. I think when you're teaching in younger grades, because I found this in first grade too, and I think preschool is the same, is that you have to be a little bit more creative with the things you want to get done in the day. Because... Uh, In older grades, you might have your direct instruction and then immediately you'll have your independent practice and then immediately, you know, the lessons will follow Mm -hmm. this procedure. But I found that in the younger grades, it makes a lot more sense to cut it into little, littler pieces during the day and space them out between other things. Don't you think? Exactly. Like you don't have, you don't have to put that 90 minute block of direct instruction and shared instructions and side by side that all doesn't have to happen at the same time because they're little and they have short attention spans so I think you can be a little creative with how you put things in your schedule well my math block is a good example of that and my district requires 60 minute math block and I like to put 15 minutes of that during my learning centers Mm -hmm. because that's when I can get parents in And so Mm -hmm. during my rotations, I have one parent that's there to do a literacy center and one that's there to do a math center. So that's the only thing during my literacy centers that's not literacy. And so I had to explain this to a principal that (laughs) this 15 minutes is part of my math block. Right. Yeah. I'm putting two blocks together because I'm being creative with my schedule. Yeah, because it's early child. This is how this works here. (laughs) This is how we fit everything in. Well, and you can even cut up your math or your literacy block to be like a, a, you know, some people do totes when kids come in, that there's Mm -hmm. a tote at the table for them to do. So if they come in and they have five minutes or 10 minutes or whatever of a, a tote, then that's you know, check that off. That's part of your literacy Mm -hmm. and math time. 
Yeah, I think that that's when you're making your schedule, you really need to uh, mark, is this math, is this literacy, is this science, is this social studies? Because I've never found a principal, and I've had like 14 principals, I've never had one that when I turn in my schedule and I have it all written down when math and reading is happening, that they don't get it. You know, mm-hmm. they they don't get it because <laughs> they're not early childhood people. Linda Dunbar just, got it. Yeah, but Linda I've justified it all. <laughs> and <laughs> I've justified it all. And so that makes it so they get it. And yes, Linda Dunbar got Hi, it. Linda. <laughs> Hi, Linda. <laughs> so... What's, so we kind of talked about like the first step is put in the most important thing. Mm-hmm. So what's your next step when you're putting your schedule together? By the way, dad just started practicing his guitar. So if you hear guitar in the background. I don't hear it yet. Oh, good. Sorry. It's I, fine. It will be pretty music for everyone to dance so by. <laughs> so I think the next thing that you need to schedule is recess. Because if, I, I, it happens a million ways, but in the perfect world of my world, I think that kindergartners go to recess alone with their own class or maybe one or two classes at the most because it's really an important way for the kids to interact and learn in build, smaller settings. Build social build. relationships yeah, as a class, yes, like yes. community building. Yes, exactly. And so I think that recess would be next. Now, if you have mandated recesses and lunches, yeah, plug those in next. Probably plug those in first if they're mandated. (laughs) Just take care of everything you know when it is first. Yes. (laughs) So what, what else do we need to cover to get the whole scheduling thing done? What's, what's like your next thing you would do? Well, I think you had a good point right there to make sure that you plug everything you know first. So if you know when your library time is or your computer lab or if you're lucky enough to have PE or art or music, make sure that you plug all of that stuff in. And what I found is that if my music is on Thursdays at 1 o'clock, then I try to save that 1 o'clock block for the rest of the days to do like a science or a social studies or something extra or an art. It kind of helps me get organized. Okay, so what if you don't know when some of your important things are yet? What if you're like me some years and you know you have to do library, but you have no idea when it's going to be? How do you, what do you do then? Yeah, I think that I would just kind of make a perfect schedule outline knowing that it's your rough draft because then you'll have all the things listed that you want to get in and know in your mind that you cannot be married to that schedule and you'll be greatly disappointed but it will give you a head start of these are the things I need to get in when I know what I what are my must do's so I I think when I've been in that situation if I have a basic skeleton of what I would like things to be in my ideal world then it's not too tricky to like flip-flop it do you know what I mean like Mm -hmm. if I had my perfect schedule 
and my all my important stuff was in the morning and then I found out library is going to be in the morning it's not too hard to take my skeleton and flip it upside down and put the important things at the end because now I know libraries first. Does that make yeah, sense? Ex- exactly. That's <clears throat> a great, great way of looking at it. If I, if I have at least a skeleton, then I can see how to turn it around or move things slightly to make things work. Mm-hmm. It's always better to have it at the get go, but it's not too bad. Yeah, it's not too bad. And I think even, even though you don't know where everything's going to go, it's just a good head start and a good, um, exercise to work through the things you know you want to get into your schedule okay so what if you were half day kindergarten teacher well and there you are a lot have of to do teachers like you <laughs> yes but i only teach one session right now what if you're a half day kindergarten teacher and you're teaching an a.m session and a p.m session how do you schedule those so they are not yeah. driving you bananas. <laughs> that, one, that one is difficult. I, I taught in that kindergarten center where everything rotated around kindergarten or evolved around it. And it was perfect. Our morning and afternoon sessions were perfect. But when they moved those kindergartens into the elementary schools, mm-hmm. um, my friends have just had panics with it because. In the elementary schools, they don't understand that their morning and afternoons, they want the same. Yeah, so they, they have different nobody computer cares. schedules. <laughs> they have different library times. They have different, they have one session, um, one friend said her one afternoon session is 15 minutes shorter than her morning mm-hmm. session. Mm-hmm. And so... I've been there. It's obnoxious. <laughs> you guys, I've, I've done two sessions yeah. In an and elementary school. And I'm like, please make and... them the same. Please make them the same. But in an elementary school. I'm trying school, to be equitable to don't. my two classes. <laughs> Would you please stop giving the morning a Halloween parade and the afternoon gets nothing? <laughs> so how, how do you do that, Mom? Well, I think it's you make the one schedule. You make the morning. And then you make your afternoon based upon your morning one as close as you can. And then you'll just have to shift the things around to make it as equitable as you can for your students and make it so that you're not crazy. (laughs) (laughs) But it's tough. Teaching two sessions of kindergarten in an elementary school is tough. It's hard. Because there's like one of you that's doing it and everybody else has a regular day and they all forget. Yeah. They're like, oh, the Halloween parade. Why? I keep bringing up the Halloween parade. I don't well, think that many people <laughs> even do that. Many people don't do it, but it's, it is a big deal. It's a thing. And everybody's <laughs> like, well, the Halloween parade will be here and then everyone will get to be it. And then you're the little kindergarten teacher raising your hand like, yeah. what about my afternoon students? Their parents want to see them in their costumes too. Okay, what, what are we doing? Oh, I, uh, oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, oh yeah, I forgot. Or then they'll do hour-long assemblies in the morning. What about my afternoon kids that didn't get to see the magician? They they gonna oh, they gonna they'll see, see the magician year. ever? Or you know, like what about the fact that my morning kids got no instruction today? And ah, it's so annoying. Yeah, it's it's really tough. Now, oh, I'm teaching full day kindergarten like I was able to do in an elementary school is sweet because (laughs) you're full day and so all the school schedule works for you yes 
So if you are a full-day kindergarten teacher and you don't know the pain Lindsay's talking about, <laughs> you are so lucky. Because <laughs> teaching half-day kindergarten in a regular elementary school is really hard. You are the red-headed stepsister <laughs> of a monkey's uncle. <laughs> Um, some of those friends that came from the kindergarten center that we had that was the perfect world um, went to a full-day program after teaching 20 years of half-day kindergarten, and they were really struggling. Well, you've done to... that, too. You've done half-day and yeah, then moved to yeah. full-day. And there's a learning curve there. When I moved to from half-day to full-day, I'm like, don't these kids ever go home? <laughs> Because at half half day, half day is way easier, but way harder in many, many ways. So they're hard to compare. But in the when you're teaching half day, you have this nice 30-minute lunch that all you have to do is change some calendar numbers <laughs> and then just do it again. But morning, I mean, a full day kindergarten, those kids do not go home. <laughs> and so I really had a rough time at the very beginning because I had taught half-day kindergarten for 20 years two mm -hmm. sessions of half-day kindergarten but as soon as I caught on that I could start spreading things out and didn't have to teach da, 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 yeah. like you teach when it's half day I'm like oh my gosh this is sweet you mean I can actually take 30 minutes for <laughs> writing <laughs> yeah I can actually mm -hmm. show them a 20-minute resting video after lunch so that they can reset for afternoon and so... It's, I don't it's, think I'd have a hard time moving from half-day K well, to full-day. Because so. I taught first grade. Mm -hmm. So I had to do the opposite because I was used to my lessons taking 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. Like 30 to 40 minute lessons. <clears throat> and so it was hard for me to move to kindergarten and have to take a 30 minute lesson and shorten it to a 15 minute lesson. I know, it's, it's so hard. I think doing the opposite would be, oh yes. I used to do this. This was cool. My colleagues in my last school where I was teaching full-day kindergarten, they're like, how do you get so much done every day? <laughs> I can't believe how you get so much done every day. And I know it is because I taught half-day kindergarten for 20 years, and you just suck the life out of every minute. <laughs> you don't have any downtime in half-day kindergarten. And so I was able to get a lot done. I could have art every day because I had plenty of time on my hands. They had so much time. <laughs> I was used to having to compact the curriculum to that half-day schedule so much. So I had a couple suggestions about making a schedule, like making your physical schedule, because I know that a lot of people use teacher planners, and, um, you know, they're cutesy, and I really like them. But I found that the best time-saving device of making a lessons, uh, making your schedule template which I turn into my lesson plans is by using Google um, Sheets. And so I just designed this great schedule and we'll put a, a copy of it on this podcast post on our website. And I just designed this great template of my schedule for the week. And then I just copy it. Every week I just copy it and then add fill in the lesson plan. And I have just found that to be the giant, giantest, biggest, hugest <laughs> time saver that I ever came up with. Now, I know a lot of people like to do handwritten lesson plans that are beautiful and good for you because they are beautiful. But 
this one is just so easy and I love it because if it's on Google Sheets you can access it at home and so in the morning if I you know if I wasn't feeling well and needed a sub then I just filled it the lesson plan in on my Google Sheet and then shared it with a colleague and sent it to him to print for me so I guess just to summarize when making your schedule I guess put the things you know you have to do in first. Like if you know your recess time, your lunch time, your libraries or other specials times, and if you've been assigned that your math block is here and your language arts block is here, then start with that. And then after that, then fill in, um, this is how I'm going to break up my times and um, justify that your math might be broken up into three different areas during the day or your um, language arts might be four or five different times during the day. And then <clears throat> put it together in the way that makes sense to you. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Well, thanks for listening. We hope this gives you some ideas to get your schedule ready for next year. If you want to learn more about us, you can visit us at kindergartenkiosk.com or you can write to us at kindergartenkiosk at gmail.com. And if you need some help scheduling assessments next year. <laughs> yeah, then go to esgisoftware.com and sign up for a free 60-day trial using the code kiosk, K-I-O-S-K. And if you fall in love with it, which you will, you will. you'll save $40 and you will save 400 hours during your <laughs> school year, which is no lie. I think you save more. Yeah, probably. And then you won't have to worry about scheduling in too many assessments. Exactly. I'm, tr I'm trying to tie this all back together. I always just it's... did assessments during my uh, learning center time. Because you can fit so much into that. Yeah. That is the catch-all of everything that That's didn't get put of somewhere else. And because ESGI, I'm doing it on the iPad, it just goes so quickly. Yeah. So give it a try. Yeah. Thanks for listening, everybody. Right. Thanks for listening, everyone. Goodbye. Goodbye. Kindergarten Kiosk is a proud member of the Education Podcast Network, a network of podcasts for educators, by educators. For more information, visit edupodcastnetwork.com. That's E-D-U podcastnetwork.com. Now can I listen to it? Well, that's how I fit mine in, too. I knew I wanted to have the kids rotate to me for small group instruction. Are you going to sneeze? I am. Sneeze. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry.